0: will be coming from Exodus today, Exodus the 16th chapter, Exodus the 16th chapter, and family, if you're having a hard time finding Exodus, I promise you, if you start at Genesis and keep turning, you will run right into Exodus, Exodus the 16th chapter, and our sermon will be coming from verses 1 through 31, Exodus the 16th chapter, verses 1 through 31, but I do just want to raise one verse with you, verse 31, and I'll be reading out of the new revised standard version of the Bible today. Verse 31. And the word of God says, the house of Israel called it manna. It was like corridor seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And family, from that text, I want to reason with you just for a little while on the subject nothing into something. Nothing into something. And if anybody is in the virtual sanctuary today, won't you put that in the chat right now? Nothing into something. Family, as we close this first month of the year 2022, I'm confident that all of us have learned the valuable yet painful lesson about this pandemic. Even though we have more knowledge about what's going on than we did before, we can still admit that there is some things that we still don't understand. Scientific research and scientific discovery are limited because there is always a threshold to human understanding. And family, isn't that frustrating? No matter the resources we divulge to it, no matter the attention the detail we force on it, and no matter the constant change of policies and procedures that we attempt with it, there is always a limit to our understanding of this pandemic. And but before there's somebody in the virtual sanctuary today who believes that all I'm talking about today is the COVID-19 pandemic, family don't miss this because what I'm talking about today is also the pandemic of wanting full understanding of everything. We want to understand what's going on around us. We yearn for the ability to answer the why about everything. And we even give accolades to those who it seems like to, they have it all figured it out. But family, if you lived a little while, you know that there are some seasons and some times in life where the best thing and the only thing we can say is, Lord, I just don't know. Lord, this doesn't make sense to me, Lord, I just don't understand this. And that's where we find ourselves today in our text. The Israelites are now in chapter 16, in the wilderness of sin between Elam and Sinai. This family is two chapters after the Israelites saw the hand of God wipe away the Egyptians while they walked on dry land. The Israelites find themselves... Participate in family in something that every believer has the tendency to encounter in their lives. Family, the Israelites are complaining about their circumstances. And similarly, we have all had the tendency to look at the weight of our circumstances instead of the weight of our God. We have all had the tendency of capturing the lens of our own distress instead of capturing the beauty of God's divine nature. And I know there are some people who believe that lamenting to God about your situations and your circumstances may seem like a lack of spiritual maturity. But I was always taught that if you have a problem, make sure that you take it to the person who you know can solve it. And so if I'm going to complain, if I'm going to lament about my circumstances, I'm going to make sure I address them with the one who can do anything but fail. But family, that is not what the Israelites did decided to do. No, they didn't address their complaints of hunger with God. They didn't pay or pray a strongly worded prayer about food expectations to Yahweh. The Israelites gave all their complaints, all their suggestions, all their comments, and all their concerns to Moses and Aaron. They told Moses and Aaron, if only we had died by the hand of God in Egypt, When we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us into the wilderness to kill us of hunger. And family, what they are saying is Moses and Aaron, we can't understand what type of God will bring us out of slavery and bondage into a desert to kill us of hunger. And family, this is a very tense and unfavorable situation and circumstance for Moses and Aaron. Not only do they have to lead an entire people through the wilderness to the land God had promised them, but they now must lead a people who are ungrateful, they are spoiled, they are set in their ways, and they suffer from what I like to call convenient spiritual amnesia. I have already mentioned that before two chapters prior, in chapter 14, God moved in an unthinkable, unimaginable way. By drying up the Red Sea, allowing the Israelites to walk on dry land. But, family, a chapter later, in chapter 15, the Israelites complained about a lack of drinking water. And in their response to their complaints, God told Moses to throw a piece of wood into the water. And the Bible declares that the water became sweet. So the Israelites had recent lived experience about a God who can show up in unthinkable ways. But the question then must be asked, how can a people who recently seen the power of God be so consumed with their current circumstance? This is the central focus of our text today, family, because the children of Israel are God's chosen people. They are the ones God handed to come into the full glory of God's promised land. But that hasn't stopped them from facing their share of deflated expectations and unrealized desires. Family, as a quick nugget for free, Please don't assume that being one of God's chosen elect excludes you from seasons of hungry desires and thirsty dreams. We have all had seasons where it was a struggle to find two nickels to make a dime. We have all looked at the desires of our hearts crumble at the altar of misguided expectations. We have all made a mistake in thinking God must be in this mist and come to find out it was just Satan raising holy hell. Family, I have come to let somebody Know that it's in these exact situations and these exact circumstances that the text is tailored to show us that God's providential preservatives extend past our present predicaments. I know I said that kind of fast. Let me rewind like a VCR and press play. The text is tailored to teach us that God's providential preservatives extends past our present predicaments. One more time for the Holy Ghost. God's Providential preservatives extends past our present predicaments. What are you trying to say, Reverend Glenn? Even though we may be in our situations and circumstance, that doesn't negate God's ability to make a way out of no way. And this text shows us three quick and important lessons why we should trust God with our entirety when our lack of understanding is at its least. The first reason we should trust God is God hears our complaints. I want you to put that in the chat. God hears our complaints. If you're checking for me, I'm right there in verse 4. After the children of Israel gave Moses and Aaron their two cent and a half. After the children of Israel have told them where they can go and who they can take with them. After the children of Israel explained to Moses and Aaron their list of grievances. Something amazing happened, family. After all the Israelites complaining, God began to speak. God told Moses that I'm going to rain down bread from heaven each morning. The Israelites are to gather enough for the entire day. But on the sixth day, they are to gather twice as much so they will have leftover for the Sabbath. Friends, isn't it interesting that instead of answering the Israelites with a direct request, God decided to answer them with instructions? This sounds like a scene from one of our lives because many of our complaints to God have come back with direction or instruction about things that we need to do. And I know I have some saints in the virtual sanctuary today that can be honest and think about all those times that you swore up and down that you were in the right. You knew that your point of view was the only one that mattered. You knew that you were the one that was wrong and you were the one that deserved to be apologized to. But once the receipts began to be read, you found out that it wasn't them who were wrong. It was you who needed some stuff that you had to work on. And family, we have all sent a complaint up the prayer ladder, and the response has been, we are the problem. Family, what are we to do when our complaints expose our own spiritual flaws? The Israelites are suffering from a real human need, and amid everything that's going on, they had no choice but to complain about their situation. And I know that I haven't been graced with the opportunity of having a child. But I have been an older brother since the age of three. And there is a distinct difference between addressing a concern and complaining. Addressing a concern happens in one moment, at one time, at one place. But complaining is the constant act of addressing a concern. And I'll be the first to admit that the Lord is still working on me. I'm still on the potter's wheel. And I still got some rough edges that the Lord needs to smooth out. But if there is one thing that I cannot stand for the life of me, it's somebody who complains all the time. I mean, do you ever have a good day? Does the sun ever shine on any of your cloudy days? Do you ever have sunshine on any of your cloudy days? Can somebody type in the comments and say, do you complain all the time? Family, I don't know who I am preaching to today, but some of us can't waste time complaining about our lives. We can't waste time thinking about what went wrong in our lives. We can't consume our minds about our situations because some of us realize that what the old saints used to sing in the church is true, that every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And so I refuse to complain all the time. I refuse to wallow in my misery. I refuse to have a mental breakdown because of my circumstances and situations. I refuse to allow the enemy to instill a spirit of fear in my heart because, I have the experience to know that in this moment that I'm in right now, is still the day that the Lord has made. And regardless of my complaints, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of my shortcomings, regardless of my situations, and regardless of my trials, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Family, the Israelites were hungry and knew nothing other than complaining about their problem. But the beautiful thing about this portion of the text is that even though they constantly complain to God, God still answered. Family, God doesn't get tired of our complaints. God doesn't hit the snooze button on our requests. God doesn't delegate the answering of our prayers to some subordinate. But God takes the time to stop by and see about our, all of our individual needs. And that's why one of the things I missed about pre-pandemic worship was altar call because I enjoyed seeing people come down the altar or even stay at their pews or seats, but we all would be in corporate prayer. But one of the things I enjoyed the most back at my home church is a brother by the name of Brother Dexter. He's gone to be with the Lord, but Brother Dexter would come down to the altar, not every Sunday, every Sunday. And despite the people watching, despite the occasion, despite how people would judge him, regardless if anyone thought it was real or for show, one thing that Brother Dexter showed me is that it doesn't matter how people view me, how people label me, when it when it comes down to the altar, and when I raise a petition before God, that is between me and God. So when I come down to the altar, if I have to come down to the altar every Sunday, I'ma come down every Sunday. If I have to lament to God every Sunday, I'm going to lament to God every Sunday because you don't know the tears I've cried. You don't know the headache I'm dealing with. You don't know the heartache that I'm facing right now. So that's why I have a Psalm 116 spirit. I love the Lord for he heard my voice and my cry and he has climbed his ear unto me. Therefore, I will call upon his name as long as I live. Type in the comments and say, God still hears my complaints. Family, God still hears your complaints. But the second reason we should trust God, the second reason we should trust God is because God's glory can be experienced in the worst of circumstances. Let me say that one more time. God's glory can be experienced in the worst circumstances. Family, if you're still with me, I'm right there in verses 9 through 10. After Moses has explained to the Israelites what God is going to do for them, and after Moses has explained to the Israelites their responsibility in God's work, Moses and Aaron gives further assurance that God has heard their complaints. Moses and Aaron details with the Israelites that they are to draw closer to the Lord because the Lord has heard their complaining. Family, can you think about a time in your life when you felt like there's been some distance between you and God? When you felt like God's will and your will were two totally separate things, but as you drew closer